Aftershark MMA Show. This is Jim the Podcast Sherpa from Too Many Podcasts, and you've got a ringside seat to the Mark the Shark MMA Show. Let's get ready to podcast! Hi everyone, I am your host, Mark the Shark Retorto, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA Show, where every week we talk about the wonderful sport of MMA. To me, we will review the most recent and upcoming events in MMA news. In each episode, the format may be changed, but you will always be entertained. There will be special interviews with special guests, along with special insights on the sport from our guest hosts. Also, check out our Facebook page for news and updates on future episodes. Also, we appreciate donations from our listeners to keep our podcast up and running. You can make a donation by clicking on the Click the Support button found at anchor.fm slash Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark spelled with a C and not a K. We are also looking for guests who want to be on the show and sponsors who want to advertise their product and brand on the show. For more information, contact me on the Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. Page. Also, for a plug-in, if you're looking for a good action thriller suspense novel, check out a book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. You can find it on both Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. It is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobooks format on Amazon.com, and paperback version only on BarnesandNoble.com, and the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. For a good book for your kid to read, check out I Am a Survivor or Invisible Girl, written by a little 11-year-old girl by the name of Christina Retorta. She has her books in Kindle and audiobook format and paperback format on Amazon.com and paperback format on both Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. Okay, everyone, keep on listening. We'll be back shortly after this break. Hey guys, just want to let everybody know that if you're looking for a good suspense thriller action novel, check out the book written by me, Mark Bashar, called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. If you go to my website now, Books, you can get an autographed signed copy for only $8 plus shipping. Again, go to www.retortofamilybooks.com. All right, everybody, welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA show. And today we got a very special guest. Todd Atkins is on the show from the Todd Atkins Show podcast. But before we get started, I just want to let you guys know that uh, if, you're inter- if you're into reading a good book, you can get pick up my cabal, The uh, Saga Begins, this one over here at my website, www.retortofamilybooks.com. You get a signed autograph copy for eight bucks. And then the other one is called Marcus the Vampire. You can get it at the same website, or you can get them at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And now we have our guest. Hey, Todd, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Busy weekend, right? Crazy. No, no, not, not too bad. Man, so where, where are you from, Todd? Uh, I'm originally from Oklahoma, but I've 
kind of bounced around. I, I lived in Saudi Arabia when I was a kid from 80 to 88. And uh, then oh, I wow. went in the military. So I went in the military in 95. And basically from 95 to, well, from 95 to 2005, I was in the military and I was in Hawaii and Japan. And then when I got out okay. of the military, I stayed in Hawaii until 2013. So I went to college in Hawaii too. Oh, okay. That's great. Oh, you went to college in Hawaii? Yeah, yeah. I I had been in the military in Hawaii and Japan, so I was pretty familiar there. And, you know, I got more money on my GI Bill in Hawaii, too, so kind of stayed oh, that's there. That's nice, man. <laughs> yeah, it's better than, than Jersey. I went to school in Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, ah, yeah. Man. Yeah. So give us a little a little bit more background on yourself. I, I know you got a, a, your own podcast. And you talk, I see you interview um, mixed martial arts, uh, aka MMA fighters like myself. So how'd you get into podcasting? How'd you get into you know the realm of mixed martial arts? Just give us a brief overview of your background. There. Yeah, sure. I mean, well, the first time I, well, when I lived in Saudi Arabia, I was kind of exposed to like the old kung fu movies from Hong Kong like the Shaw Brothers films, like Five Deadly Venoms and, you know, Shaolin versus Wu-Tang, these different kind of kung fu movies because Saudi Arabia had like one channel, <laughs> one television channel, and yeah. it would have different programming throughout the day. And I think it might have been Thursdays where they had the Black Belt Theater, which was the last program of the night. I was going to say that. I was <laughs> going to say that. Yeah, when I was – when I was, uh, I'm like uh, – like right now, I'm in northern New Jersey, but when I was a, a kid, I lived in um, South Central Jersey, and we used to get the channels from uh, Philadelphia. So you would have Kung Fu Theater and you would have Black Wolf Theater. So yeah, I remember I remember the Five Deadly Venoms. I was into all that stuff, and you know, spending my Saturday afternoons watching, you know, watching all that. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, when I was in high school, I kind of I had a friend who. He was kind of a street guy, but he had rented UFC 2 on VHS. And, uh, you know, he told some of the other guys that kind of hung out in this group of people that, you know, he thought it was pretty cool. I, I don't think he was happy that Hoyce Gracie had won it. He didn't really feel that way of fighting was necessarily uh, real street fighting or whatever you would say, you know. But yeah, he, he thought it was a pretty cool concept. You know, he kind of told us it was real fighting, you know, so. I went and rented it maybe a week after he had told me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I started watching those. I watched with my father. And, uh, you know, when I graduated high school, I went to Hawaii, and Hawaii had a lot of fights. You know, I saw Kimo fight Brian Johnston there. That was, the like, the first event I saw there. I was I took the bus, you know, when I just got there because I did my car. And, you know, I went to Blaisdell Arena, which is kind of an arena there. And mm -hmm. I was looking at the posters. And they had poster for Ultimate Explosion is what the show was called. Oh, and the really? main event was Chemo versus Brian Johnston. You know, Chemo, Leopoldo yeah. fought Hoist Gracie in UFC 4. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a couple of MMA fights after that. And right. then he kind of faded. He even came out with his uh, his own instructional uh, VHS tapes back. I mean, we're dating ourselves. But to, the, to the new kids, they probably don't even know what VHS tapes are. But yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I went, I saw the show and then I went to get a tattoo like the next day at this place called Skin Deep, which is a famous tattoo place in Waikiki. And he came in there, you know, Kima walked in there maybe halfway really? into it. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And, 
So that kind of, you know, Hawaii had a big fight scene already. It wasn't big in terms of, I mean, they had shows, the the people doing it, the community was small, but it was popular. Yeah. Was it but the every, Super Bowl there? Yeah, I mean, I met TJ Thompson. I trained with TJ Thompson in his garage and in his gym that he, he opened in 2008. He was the promoter, Super Brawl. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I know TJ Thompson well. Yeah. And then so, in Japan, obviously, I, yeah. I was there 2002 to 2005. So, right, like the height of Pride and K1. So I got Oh, you to, were in Japan, actually? Yeah. Oh, that's like one of the places. I, that's like, you know, like you're, you got your bucket list. That that's like my on my bucket list. I want I want to go to Japan. Actually, I like to see all all the uh, Far East. Uh, being a martial artist myself, I like to go back and uh, visit the roots where it came from. You know, I, I, but Japan's definitely on, on my bucket list. You know, yeah, yeah especially so, at that time because it was like yeah. the height of of the popularity of MMA in Japan. Yeah, I mean those 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 arenas they had. I think those would be equivalent to like football arenas, if I'm not mistaken, right? They, they hold like thirty, fifty thousand people, if I'm not mistaken, right? I'd say Tokyo but, Dome is comparable. Yeah, um, Saitama Super Arena, perhaps a little bit smaller than Tokyo Dome, you know. And then you had like Yokohama Arena. They did some other shows at those locations, like Pride did. And they did one outdoor show in 2002, the Dynamite show, where uh, Bob Sapp fought um, Noguera. You know, so that was that was a soccer stadium, yeah. Yeah, damn, man, Bob Sapp. Yeah, for those who don't know, if you really want to, like, go back and watch, like, the golden days of MMA other than the UFC I, or Pride, I highly recommend getting the VHS tapes or if they convert them to DVDs, the Super Brawl. Because you had... You had some sick ass fights on those. You would have the lion, the guys from the Lions. Then, like, like before the, I don't know if that was before or after the UFC when he started. I think it might have been around the same time. Um, so you would have uh, Ken Shamrock's brother Frank Shamrock, um, and he fought and he lost to a guy something. I forget his name. Something machine. But they had some really good fights. But you had a lot of members of the Lions then and there. And then they had some great um, Thai kickboxing matches in, in between them. And you would have, I, I don't know how these guys took it. They would get kicked in the throat. I mean, this like wouldn't even phase them, you know? And uh, yeah, so I, I have, I actually just cleaned out my uh, closet over there. <laughs> I have like stacks and stacks of VHS tapes from uh, Pride and um, Super Bowl. Some I bought. Some I actually uh, would record because my friend would have like a black box to get the fights kind of, you know, on the down low and he would hook up his VCR or I would get them from my uh, jujitsu instructor. He'd be like, hey, you guys want to watch Pride? And you, I don't know. He always had a money making scheme, you know. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of guys were trading tapes back then. So I was involved in that. (laughs) And then, um, whatchamacallit? There'll be like a um, a music store that would sell videos too. I just can't think of the name of the store. They would have it in a mall by my house, mm. and uh, so you'd be able to pick up, you know, anything that you missed back then uh, in that store. If I can't think of the name of it, um, Fry, I think, or something. I think actually, I think they're still around, you know. And then um, 
Speaking the old days, you know Dan Mergliata, the UFC rep, referee. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I I don't know if he if he watches or listens to the show, but uh, I used to actually work out with that guy. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, he used to have a uh, a school in in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and at the time I switched jobs. I couldn't go to my uh, normal. At the time, I was going to a school called Martin's Karate. And that was when jujitsu was just starting up in the East Coast area. So we were, I was studying jujitsu for my karate instructor who was learning it. So we were just learning jujitsu as well. Um, but my, my schedule changed at work, so I couldn't make his classes. So the only one I could make was dance. So he had a school. He doesn't have it anymore. I think he's the Mutai instructor at Henzo's school in Homedale, New Jersey now. Mm-hmm. So, but it was called uh, Bama. So he would, it was more like shoot fighting. I don't know if you, if you remember the, so it was like a cross training. You would do Muay Thai, you do Jiu Jitsu, and then he would kind of have his own MMA events at a local high school. And in fact, that's, I've actually, and I actually got a picture up with me in Henzo Gracie. I actually met Henzo Gracie there. Yeah. Some good times back then, you know? And then, and then I got to hang out after the fights. We would go into the to the city and hang out with uh, Henzo students. There's a lot of his guys, like Matt, Nick, Sarah, Matt, Sarah's brother, used to compete. Um, I, think, I think Matt was just uh, he wasn't in the UFC at that time, but he was at the cusp, you know, because the UFC I think was just starting to grow, but it wasn't as big as it is now. It was before street. Uh, the ultimate fighter or whatever so he was doing a lot of the, you know, ring a cage combat local fights and uh but his brother would do go into these bama tournaments so that's that's how i know them and yeah it was it was fun back then <laughs> the old days so then give us a little bit about your uh, podcast how long have you been doing that for uh i started like maybe january 28th i think was the first episode i did this year oh this year mm-hmm. oh okay yeah well it's better better later than you know you start than not start right so what made you start <laughs> yeah your podcast? i mean i used to listen to a lot of them and you know uh-huh. and i was like i it was something i wanted to do but never really got around to doing yeah because i have met a lot of people obviously a lot of people that are on my show are people i either know or know of you know people that i know other people through so yeah, I mean, I met a lot of people during those times. So it was kind of easy for me to get people on to do episodes for the most part. Now, do you do a lot of uh, like amateur fighters or professional fighters or mixed bag? or? I'd say primarily pros. I haven't really talked to any amateurs. It's, you know, it's mostly oh, been really? all pros. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I've had, I've had a couple of... Uh, UFC fighters. I had uh, Sam uh, Sam Alvey. He was on a few weeks ago. He just fought in Abu Dhabi not too long ago. And Steve Berger, who was an old uh, mm-hmm. fighter, veteran fighter with 50 fights. He's fought in everything. Bellator, UFC. Um, yeah, I remember him. Uh, Bow Dogs, whatever. Go Dog. I don't know. It's like some event they had in Russia. I mean, he's done, he's done it. He's done it all. <clears throat> you know, and then I have uh, Barb Hanacek. Who was on the Ultimate Fighter? I think she was the first Invicta flyweight champion. But yeah, I, I usually do um, 
a lot of amateur fighters because you know I, I do my postings on social media you know it helps them out gives them a little bit of exposure um i'd like to get some more professional fighters on there but i i guess i don't know maybe they just don't hang out as much in the facebook forums like the, the rest of the guys do i mostly have like guys from old school i mean i did i might do some new school people but i've been kind of keeping that theme like people that were around and even you know whether it's a promoter a fighter um or somebody who's involved in like journalism you know oh yeah. it was all yeah i've been kind of hitting all the different aspects so to speak mm, that's great that's great yeah i had a uh get the guy's name i had a an mma journalist from mmafreaks.com on my show it was pretty interesting and then um I get some professional fighters, but they're not well known. I had a guy, Leo Pla. He's actually, I think, on a film now that's on that's on Netflix. I just can't think of the, the documentary, but he's had like fifty fights too. Um, he does every, He does now. He does that um, bare knuckle fighting that you probably see. I, I haven't paid for any events, but I see the clips for it on YouTube. He's gone. Yeah, that's Sean Wheelock on my now. show. He's he's pretty heavily involved with bare knuckle FC. You know, oh, he, he was with Sean Wheelock. You know, he was the he was one oh, of the okay. announcers for Bellator originally, like color guys. But yeah, he's yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. He's one of the primary guys buying bare knuckle fighting, you know, and they have a lot of events in Kansas, which is where he lives. So he's oh, been pretty heavy behind the scenes as far as getting that stuff uh, approved in places like Wichita. Uh, you know, they yeah. have a lot of events in Wichita because of that. So he's been pretty heavy behind the scenes of bare knuckle. Yeah. Now, do you do you still train yourself or? or uh, I was until a couple of years ago. You know, I got married, I got a house and stuff. So kind of, I wasn't training as much, but I was training quite a bit. You know, I was training at Triton Fight Center, which is a place here in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And okay. Yeah. I mean, I've been training off and on, but kind of once I started the podcast, I was more focused on that and my house and stuff like that. Okay. Now, do you find, like, how often do you put, like, do you have a set schedule with your podcast? Do you do, like, just on Saturdays or Sundays, or you just, whenever you're ready to pop it out? Yeah, whenever people are free, yeah. Okay. And then do you um, do you stream live, or is it just, just on, like, live, like, in video format, or is it just, like, on a podcast? Uh, I just do the podcast, and then I put it on YouTube after also. Uh, okay. Okay. In video and audio format, I guess, then? Like in YouTube, yeah. or do you just put the banner up and have the audio file running? No, I have the video. Oh, I, okay. I, the, I mean, I've done like, um, I think 50 episodes or close to that, but I only started putting maybe the last five on YouTube or so, five or six. So you started January this year, and you're up to episode 50? Yeah, I've done a lot already. That's yeah, why I said I don't I have a schedule. Say, I'm I just, doing the math in my head. That's a lot. Yeah, I've just been kind of, I try to do one a week yeah. at least, but sometimes I'll do like two in a couple of days and I'll just put them up. Wow. Yeah. Usually just, I mean, for the guys who are watching this that, that know or may not know, like I uh, I got this live show, uh, although sometimes they may not be live, they might be pre-recorded and shown on, on this channel. And then on my website, so like I'm streaming like this one episode now, streaming live on Twitch, and then it's on my website. But then I Sundays I do my I release my podcast episode. So sometimes what usually happens is 
if I get a feeling that the guy doesn't have a good internet speed, I might just pre-record it. You know what I mean? And, and or sometimes people don't want to do video, so then I just do the audio. Sometimes I just do fight recaps um, with with a couple of mixed martial art friends that I have, and then um, you know I just take it from there. You know, but I usually put out. I try to stay consistent with my episodes. You know, podcast episodes on Sundays, and then the live show here on Saturday, unless I, unless there's a uh, a big fight coming up. Then I try to do my fight picks, and then I'll release, release it a couple of days before. And, yeah, I did some shows like that, but I don't know because a lot of people do like UFC pre-fight, post-fight. So yeah, I just kind of stopped doing it. Yeah, it's good. It's good though. I mean, I think I think. Uh, I don't know if you notice, like some, sometimes I notice when I do it uh, by myself, I, I, I see my audience grow or as sometimes as opposed to interviews. I don't know. Maybe it's because I did so many interviews for so long. You know, I would say I think I'm a little bit over two years doing this now. I think I like the first year was just all interviews. So I guess, I don't know, people just like the discussions better, like, <laughs> You know, I don't really do solo, so it's I've some I've actually just done a few solo episodes myself, but mostly it's with like a, another MMA analyst or like an interview like I'm doing here with yourself. Now, getting back to you, though, like so, which ask like what martial arts did you study? Where was it like boxing or Thai boxing or? Oh, I did boxing, jujitsu, wrestling. I mean, I really wasn't training a lot in Hawaii when I first got there because I was on some submarines. You can. See, I have a picture of submarine behind Yeah, me. yeah. Yeah, so I was on submarines. I was underwater quite a bit, like the, my first few years in the military. And uh, okay. when I went to Japan, I there were a couple of uh, Japanese wrestlers that taught guys on the base for free. They were, using really? the high, they were using the high school mats. One of them was uh, Joji Miyabe, who was at the time, I think he was, I want to say the number three Gre Greco wrestler in his weight class in Japan. He worked on the base. And Takashi Noda, who he was from Kaguchi Dojo. So he trained guys like Takanori Gomi as a high school kid, Maha Sakurai. He, he, was, he was probably, man, I want to say he was probably in his 50s, but, you know, could still wrestle really well. And he still wrestles with guys to this day. You know, he's, he's still wrestling with guys over there. So, and he's like probably in his 60s, you know, or, <laughs> you know, close to 70, but. Yeah, so those guys would train guys on the base for free three nights a week. Mm -hmm. So I was doing a lot of wrestling, and then uh, I trained at Rodeo Style Gym, which was near Yokosuka Bay. So for guys that are familiar with that gym, like the Kotani brothers that competed in Zest, mm -hmm. ZST, they, they, they were kind of like the head guys of Rodeo Style. And I also trained with Kid Yamamoto some. You know, I knew Ensign from, you know, his brother, Egan in Hawaii. So, oh, okay. yeah, when Ensign opened the Purebred Tokyo, which was, and you can listen to this on my podcast because he did it. We talked about it. But when he opened it, a friend of mine, Ryan Bo, I got him a job at Purebred Tokyo. So it was him oh, okay. and Kid Yamamoto that opened that gym. So I would go there from time to time, too. It was a little bit further away from where I lived. I had to take the train kind of far to go there because in Tokyo. Okay. But yeah, I spent time around Kid Yamamoto quite a bit, you know, here and there. So yeah, that that was interesting. You know, he's he's a pretty big star. 
kind of that was maybe a year before he really took off because he was still in Shuto, but it was already mm-hmm. starting to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Now, are, are you? Do you speak Japanese because you live there, or or just a little bit? I'm assuming uh, you I was, a little bit. I was studying Japanese the whole time, but I mean, I don't speak it fluently. No, but yeah, I knew a lot of Japanese words. Yeah, for sure. Now, would you be able to read the Japanese no. writing? No, <laughs> no, like that. It's harder, actually. I would say from people I've talked to, to to pick up the reading, you know, mm. so Ryan Bo, you know, he lived there. Ryan Bo was a Shuto fighter who had lived in Japan and okay. he helped me a lot. So, you know, like I had a trash schedule in my neighborhood. He, he came and kind of deciphered it for me because certain days you could put out certain trash and yeah, do you see through bags? So like when I first got to my neighborhood, they kept bringing my trash back to my house okay. because I didn't have it in see through bags or I was putting the wrong trash in it. Because you could only put each day, like food one day, glass one day, grass one, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. I got to admit, though, like, I don't know what the length, you know, what the words mean, like when you see them in writing, but they do look pretty cool. You know? Well, it's kind of confusing because they have like three different types of writing. They have the hiragana and katakana. Kanji is what what it's called. Well, they have three of them. They have hiragana, katakana, and kanji. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I know it as kanji because I used to work for a Japanese company yeah. years ago. And so I, I yeah, always. Yeah, so sometimes you'll see all kanji. three together, you know, in the same writing. So wow. you got to know all three of them if you're wanting to read. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I never knew that. I mean, I know like in um, certain Asian countries, like uh, I think it's China, they got it. You just think it's what they speak is Chinese, but they got different dialects. You know, there's Cantonese, Szechuan, and I forget what the other other ones are. But right, so each kanji has its own meaning, but hiragana and katakana are more like if you put them together, they'll form a word. If you put more a few of them together, so it's not the same. Kanji has a meaning. Each kanji. But hiragana and katagana by themselves do not. Uh, yeah, I always, I always find that, that I always found that fascinating, you know, like, especially like, uh, like the black belts when they get their the writing on their belts. I'm like, oh man, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, when you when you were over there watching the black belt confo theaters, you watched the. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, you were probably older when you went to Japan, but did you watch the ninja movies as well? Like Revenge of the Ninja? Yeah, when I was younger, I watched the Shokasugi films. Yeah. You know, he was one yeah. of the guys who was common in it. And like Mark Dudikoff, I don't know if you remember him. He was like an American yeah. ninja. Yeah. So, I, yeah, yeah, of course, I saw those. Yeah, I was more, I was more into the uh, Shokasugi than the, than the American ninja. Revenge of the Ninja, Nine Deaths of the Ninja, uh, Pray for Death. Yeah, I used to watch all that stuff. <laughs> I guess I don't. I don't know if you want to call me a martial arts nerd, but I guess, I guess you could kind of call me that. Whatever. Yeah, no. I think Japan would be a good spot for you, probably. I think that's kind of like Mecca for Muslims. I would say Japan is that oh, equivalent really? for, for people that are into martial arts. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah, if you yeah, haven't yeah. been to Japan, you know it's you haven't really done it yet. You know, as yeah. far as the ultimate experience. 
Kind of like Muslims who've never been to Mecca, you know? Yeah. They all yeah, want to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not all of them have been. <laughs> now, when it comes when it comes to martial arts training, like which which one did you prefer? Did you prefer the striking or the grappling more? Uh no, I didn't have a preference. I mean, it was all it's all interesting, it's all fun. I think it just depends on are you having fun training? I wouldn't yeah. say all the time yeah. that I trained, everywhere I trained was necessarily fun. Some places were more fun than others. Yeah. But uh, I think all the elements are interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was younger. I mean, I always, you know, was busy with work, you know, in my 20s. I used to have like a long commute to work. So I used to always do my primarily uh, longer workouts on the weekend. So I used to get up uh, when I first got married. Up here, before I had kids, I used to Saturdays get up at nine nine thirty to go to a, a boxing gym in upstate New York, and then do that for a few hours to drive all the way down to. Uh, I think my instructor had it. I think he he just moved to Fairlawn at that time, so I was doing jujitsu there. But yeah, man, it was you know like four or five hours on a Saturday. I think that's probably why I got hurt because I I think I trained even I. It's better, I think, if you train an hour a day than, let's say, three times a week, two or three hours at a clip. I think because your body gets, I think, it's better. Like you heal more, I think, if you do shorter periods than if you do like one big longer session. I did. Hmm. I think it depends on the person, maybe. You know, I mean, yeah. some I mean, people I know three prefer hours to do it that a day, way. five days a week. I think it's different than if you're just doing it like, twice a week or three times a week, you know? And then there was one point I was doing it before I got married. I used to work out either at 10 or 11 a.m. till 2 o'clock, you know? That was probably mostly, like, stand-up, but then we got into jiu-jitsu, and then I just kind of stuck with the jiu-jitsu, so then it was a little shorter. But, yeah, man, it was long training sessions back then. You know, yeah, I trained with Barrett Yoshida for about five, six months. You know, Barrett went to Abu Dhabi finals maybe two or three times, early Abu Dhabis. Um, and, uh, you know, he was the best grappler in Hawaii when he lived there, at least on Oahu. You know, wow. and he he had opened a small gym like in a, I think it was kind of like a community center. And he had like some mats he had put out. And he only had a handful of students. This was out in Eva Beach, so it was quite a ways away if you wanted to go out there and i think that was the most fun i had training because barrett was such a phenom but his uh yeah just he could roll forever so we had some pretty long practices you know and he had a certain amount of finishes he wanted to get before he would leave mm. so if he got him at 9 30 maybe we could leave at night if he got him at 10 we'd leave it you know so yeah but i think that was that was a lot of fun because he just, he loved to do that stuff. So I think when the person loves doing it, it kind of comes yeah. out in everybody else. Now, when, we, when you were in Hawaii, did you ever like get a chance to meet like BJ Penn at all? Yeah, sure. I mean, you see BJ Penn around. He, he was on Oahu a lot too, because he, had, I trained with his brother, J Penn, like the last two years I was on Oahu. BJ opened a UFC gym. Mm -hmm. in a place called Kaka'ako, which is kind of between Waikiki and downtown Honolulu. Like, people get okay. confused. Downtown Honolulu is actually before Waikiki. So, okay. right in that... I haven't been to Hawaii yet, either. Yeah. 
So in between the two is a place called Kaka'ako, pretty big okay. area. And he opened like UC gym, BJ Penn was the name, yeah. So he was there a lot, and his brother taught there. His brother taught jujitsu there every day, J Penn. So he has okay. several brothers, and J Penn was one of them. He lived on Oahu. So he and BJ would come and teach there from time to time. He'd drop in and teach. He did a seminar at TJ's gym when I was trained with TJ. So I rolled with him a couple of times, but not a lot. But yeah, I rolled with him maybe two or three times. Now, was that with the gi on or was it no gi when you rolled with him? I think the first time was gi in 2008. The second time was uh, no gi. Yeah. How did it feel to roll with him? Well, I mean, I'm not on his level. So, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, he, I remember, like, the first time I rolled with him, I think he was just trying to, like, stay on top to show, you know, just do what he wanted on top. Okay. Like, trying to trying to sweep him, but, you know, he was just kind of hovering. Mm. Yeah, he wasn't really trying to dominate, but, you know, okay. he was just kind of staying where he wanted to stay kind of thing, you know, kind of yeah. locking in his position. The second time was no gi. And I, I don't recall, I don't remember exactly what, you know, it's hard for me to remember specifically, but I do remember the first time because I was the first guy you went with. So, yeah, it's kind of now, vivid he, in my memory. And he already competed at the UFC at that time, so you already knew who he was. And everything. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, he was already kind of legendary before he competed in the UFC because it was Barrett and BJ. Like, Barrett was the king of grappling on Oahu. And BJ was kind of the king of grappling on the big island. Yeah. But, you know, and BJ competed against Barrett, you know, and he beat Barrett, you know, in a grappling tournament. You know, he he passed and mounted him, you know, and his mount is inescapable. You know, once he gets the mount, no one can get out of his mount. You yeah. know, so he was able to pass Barrett and mount him, and uh, he won. He beat Barrett on the points. And uh, so BJ was kind of like, Everyone knew Barrett was better than everybody else on a walk other than Egan, you know, Egan and Oi, but Barrett was competing a lot more. So of the new guys coming up, everyone knew Barrett was better than everybody of the new guys, but they knew BJ was probably better than he was. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, he was the first American uh, black belt world champion. Like, I mean, it was, he was the first one to ever do it. So, everybody Right. But Egan was the first one to ever do it at any belt. Egan won at blue. Uh -huh. Before BJ ever won at purple, Egan won the world at blue. So actually, uh -huh. it was Egan who was the first. And then. Oh, BJ. really? I never knew that. Yeah, but BJ is the first at black belt. Yeah. 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 Some people, I don't, I kind of get annoyed when they say that. They're like, oh, you're like, if you tell them like you're a blue belt world champion or they were like, God, oh, it doesn't mean anything. But let me, let me tell you something. Even if you're a white belt world champion, that means something because uh, for guys who don't know who, who don't compete in jiu-jitsu, if you look at the amount of people who compete, I mean, unless you're at a 250-pound level, right, because then there's less competitors because of the heavier guys. But if you're at 150, 170, be a white belt world champion, you got to go through 100 people. There's like 100 or 100 or more people in that in the uh, brackets for that. So, I mean, it, to me, that means something. If you beat, you know, so that means you're beating, like, you know, 30 guys just to, just to get the first place uh, gold medal. So, yeah. 
hats off to anybody who can do that. I don't. I wouldn't be able to beat that many people on a single day, you know, even in my twenties. Yeah, unless it was you know significantly a lot better than them. But uh, yeah, world champions, a world champion. You know, just to get that that particular level. You know, so so anyway, so. What's your next podcast episode coming out? So you got one coming out this weekend or next week? I'm going to do one with Dennis Kang tomorrow. You remember Dennis Kang fought in Pride and UFC Super Bowl? Yeah, I saw your yeah. post on Instagram. I thought that guy looked familiar. Yeah. He still looks that good? Because I thought it was like... Yeah, he's I, still I, in... I thought it was. I'm like, I figured he'd be a lot older than that. Oh, that was one of his fighting pictures. But yeah, he still looks ah. pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, I mean... Yeah, if you he's look on his page, he's still, shape he's still in me, shape. Yeah. It's probably a better shape than me, but I figured the guy would have like some gray hairs by now. He's older than me. I think he's still got the shaved head, you know? <laughs> so. You know, when he, or all the, you know, gray facial hairs like I got, but he's definitely older than me. But yeah, man, that's great that you got him on there. Great. Uh, so that's coming out next week, right? You said? No, I'll release it tomorrow. I'm do, I do them okay. and I release them. I don't really do a lot of editing and that kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> and then for people who want to who listen uh, to your podcast, it's the Todd Enkin Show. Uh, is that that's his name of it, right? The Todd Enkin Show. Yeah, Todd Enkin Show, and then I have it on um, Instagram. It's the underscore Todd underscore Atkins underscore Show, and also okay. on Twitter, I I have a Twitter uh, Magnum underscore TA seventy six. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm assuming your podcast is on Spotify. I know it's on Anchor because I saw it there. So he's on Spotify. He's on iTunes. Are you on iHeartRadio too? Yeah, I got it on everything. Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, you know, everything but Twitch, I suppose. Okay. All right, everybody. So if you guys want a little variety in podcasting when it comes to mixed martial arts and listen and get interviews and different insights on the other mixed martial artists, um, other than the ones that I interview, check out his show. Uh, it was great having you on the show. Everybody, uh, continue to watch the show. Same time, same channel next week. This is Mark the Shark signing off. Everybody have a great, safe weekend. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Yep. Marcus Sander was a normal family man until he was captured by the Nazis imprisoned in torture his only means of survival was to become a vampire now his only fear is on how to keep his daughter safe but not only from the Nazis but from the creatures of the Dark World Marcus the Vampire the first book in the Dark World Chronicle series now available at www.retortofamilybooks.com and on amazon.com Get it now. Hi, everyone. This is Mark the Shark. Retorto. just want to make sure that everyone's following me, not only here on this podcast, but on my new live show that's hosted on Twitch. You can watch it at twitch.tv slash Mark the Shark MMA show. And that's Mark with a C and not a K. And I air a new episode every Saturday. So check it out. up world this is will 
and you are about to listen to the Mark the Shark MMA show. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, you can keep up to date and see what's going to happen with the show by following us on our social media pages. You can follow us on Facebook at Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark with a C and not a K. And that's on Twitter at Mark BJJ Fighter. Again, that's Mark with a C and not a K. And, of course, on Instagram at Mark underscore Retorto. That's Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Retorto, R-I-T-O-R-T-O. Keep up to date and follow us. Are you a fan of the Mark the Shark MMA show? Are you looking for some swag? Check us out on the web at www.marktheshark.mmashow.com where we sell t-shirts, hoodies, crop tops, hats, beanie hats, anything you want. Check it out. Are you also looking to become a guest on the show? and be interviewed by me, Mark the Shark Retorto, or go to the website and sign up as a guest. Are you looking to become a sponsor? Go to the website, sign up, take advantage of the wild range growth of the sport of MMA, and be have your business and service advertised to millions of listeners that listen to this podcast every week, worldwide, from everywhere. Check it out. WWW Mark the Shark MMA Show.com. Hi, everyone. This is Mark the Shark Retorto, sending a message to all the fans out there. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help support it by making a small donation. It could be anywhere from a dollar, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine. It could even be a monthly donation. Any amount is appreciated. To donate to this money to this podcast, go to www.markthesharkmmashow.com. Again, that's www.markthesharkmmashow.com. Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything with Me podcast, and you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate to his podcast for more amazing episodes. All right, guys, we're at the end of our show. This is Mark Retorto. I'm signing off. And don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page. It's called The Mark the Shark MMA Show. And it's Mark with a C, not a K. And also, feel free to leave us messages by using the Anchor app. And also, don't forget, if you look in a mood for a good action thriller book, to buy my book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. It's available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And if you need a good book for your kid, get the I Am Survivor book. Or Invisible Girl book written by my daughter, Christina Retorto, also available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show and continue to listen to our shows every week. Thank you.